Well, not to continue a bit from the previous episode, but what if previously on is the intake from here to that one? That's so funny. (laughs) Previously on, we recorded episode one. Oh no, I'm gonna I'm gonna cut out where you just said previously on we recorded episode one. I'm gonna drop it before the music. (laughs) (laughs) I you know what? With She-Hulk being as meta as it is, I think I'm okay with it. Your clearance, it'd be fun to kind of get some creative ways of getting into the episode. It's MC you need to know last week. This week. (laughs) Cue the theme music. Hello and welcome back to another episode of MCU Need to Know, a podcast dedicated to the Marvel Cinematic Universe and everything you need to know. I'm Trey. I'm Jude. I'm a set again. Uh, <laughs> how are you doing, Trey? I'm Jude again. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, it's that, it's that back-to-back recording and, and trying to make sure posterity of like, okay, someone's going to come along on this and not watch it as it's... Or not listen along in real time and, and along with the, them watching the episodes. But it, and it's hard to make that separation. So, Well, it always trips me up that potentially there is somebody listening to this on Monday, but that is all riding on us getting this done this weekend. I know, right? <laughs> so it's it, also like it exists for us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well... Like we said, back-to-back episodes, you may have just listened to the one we did on the first episode of She-Hulk. We're coming back right around for the second episode of She-Hulk. The way we're going to do this is we're going to have some pre-spoiler thoughts, which is where we'll discuss the episode without spoilers, so you can get a bit of a taste of what we thought before we get into all the details. After that, you'll hear an audio cue, which will take us into the spoiler zone, where we will break down the episode into the most important topics. So... All that being said, Jude, what did you think of season one, episode two of She-Hulk, titled Superhuman Law? I enjoyed it. Um, all right. We'll see you all next yeah, week. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, like, like in, in one of the things I think, I mean, I enjoyed it, but I, one of the things I think I was most impressed with is the, the pacing again, because it felt like, it just felt like it had that sweet spot of like, Man, it didn't feel like a short episode because they told a lot of story very effectively, but it still wasn't the 45, 50 minute episode, you know? And, and so like in that sense, I'm really looking forward to the rest of this series and, and having that kind of feel, feel. Yeah. This to elaborate on some of the things I said in our first episode discussion this feels like the true episode one as fun as everything was with the Bruce Jen dynamic in the, the premiere episode, this one really felt like I was able to learn more about who she is. Uh, Again, if you listen to it, I illustrated how it's almost that Captain America style storytelling where the central character doesn't change, but it is how they change those around them. This showed me a side of Jen going through a character arc. And I like that a lot. Not that 
not that it can't be the Captain America style. I, I just like when we s- learn more about a new character like this. And then it had family dynamics that I, a re- like one of the things I, I mentioned when we first got into the Disney Plus Marvel shows is it was a chance to go home with the character and see what their home life is like. And we get so much of that in this episode as well. So it is a very, very solid follow up from what we got last week. Mm-hmm. Something that just dawned on me. From these two episodes, I don't, hmm, I need to go back and watch the trailer. I feel like a lot of the footage we haven't, we either saw in the first episode or we haven't seen yet. There, the bulk of what we see in the trailers came from the first episode, but there are quick hits of other scenes from episodes we haven't seen yet. Yeah. Cause, cause that was the other thing is like, I, I watched these trailers um, and not every single like exclusive peak and stuff like that, but that is something else I, I noticed. I was watching. And it and it didn't feel like I had seen, or, or it felt like I'd seen new new stuff. Having despite despite having seen the trailers, I've only seen the teaser trailer and the official trailer. I haven't watched any of like the social media ones, and I feel like I still don't have a heading on where we're going, and not in a bad way. Just more of illustrating how wonderful they've been doing the marketing, where it doesn't feel like we've gotten anything spoiled. Right. But yeah. Well, like we said, you're going to hear an audio cue, and on the other side, it'll be fair game for all spoilers in the MCU except Thor Love and Thunder. You can look forward to that being removed from the exemption a week after it debuts on Disney+. Plus. But until then, mum's the word. So, we'll see you on the other side. And we're back. The way we're going to break this down is into three most important topics. We have She-Hulk job hunt and the blonsky in the room so jude we're going to start with you on that first most important topic this one really is our chance to examine how jen is handling the she-hulk aspect of her newfound powers uh specifically in the opening scenes where Everybody is celebratory as she has defended the people in the courtroom all the way up to it costing her job mm-hmm. so where would you like to begin I'm going to begin with the overall theme of that section and okay. and what I think is is what we're seeing as a theme of the show, but just this idea of um, that dual personality, right? Whereas you know we we talked about it in the first episode. We have we have Banner, and he's still dealing with this trauma in, in a certain way, and we're starting to see that, and he's trying to help, but he's really not in the best position to help this dual identity and where Jen already in some ways feel, you know, has to, her life is that to certain degrees, you know? Um, and, and having the, the Hulk side, you know, respect to Jen, not going to say she Hulk, the Hulk side of her is just kind of a physical representation of what she's already been dealing with. And in, in the sense of expectations, uh, outside expectations versus the inside um, desires or internal desires. How about that? I love the way you frame that because I almost had this feeling. I knew it wasn't true, but, but intellectually, I kept trying to come back to this place and kind of pick at it and figure out what I'm feeling thematically. But there is the interesting narrative mechanic where taking Bruce's Hulk 
it is the definition of what I love about superhero stories, taking the extreme or taking a relatable problem to the extreme. And so you have it where he cannot control his rage, so he becomes a monster. But in the case of Jin, it wasn't the extreme of two alter egos because she is always Jin, regardless of human form or Hulk form. But you mentioning how it is the outside expectations of what other people want of her rather than what she wants brings it back into this is the relatable problem taking to the extreme. And so it's not necessarily mm -hmm. her own internal struggle. It's the people, not that it's not her internal struggle, but it is a problem placed upon her by others. And you see it evident in the family dinner situation where one of the throwaway comments is from one of her aunts that says like, oh, you know, we can get your hair to look more like she-hulks. Right there, it is the the defining the two it's not oh i can get your hair to look like that it's i can get your hair to look like she hulks so it's already separating them there and you have again in this opening bar scene where she is talking to her previous boss and she's like oh that's not what i call it i, I mean me so that's the internal struggle that they're dealing with and i mm -hmm. like again you helped me get to that so thank you mm -hmm. okay so the thought i had was actually in a different topic and i just also realized i can save it for that um, and, and I'll just mention this. There's the getting the job mainly because you can turn into a Hulk. Um, but you get that also in the bar scene where it's like you get the public, you, you know, chanting for Hulk form Jin, and she goes in there and then does that. It's like, she can't, it's even more so not allowed to be herself. Right, because she goes in there. Even her best friend is like, "Hey, give the people what they want." But then when her boss shows up, she stands up, and they use her height and the camera angle, you know, to show that she's taller than her boss. And so her boss says, "No, no, no, no I want to talk to Jen." And then they see the height difference, and, it, and you know, and so playing on the whole height and. It, physicality intimidation factor when it comes to negotiations and those types of things so it's like you just can't make anyone happy you know and constantly doing things that others want um and so that's that's something i found really interesting um and again i just it, and it's a hint out of it what's interesting is it's like it's 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 a, like a hint at that but it's very obvious Whereas, like, the job hiring is just overtly obvious. No, no, no. Turn. If you want the job, this is what you're going to do. You, you know, um, and, and asserting that control over someone else's identity. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Because it wasn't that it made, it made him uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. She was fine, but he made her transform back into Jin, which then, because of the metabolism difference, has put her in a, a lesser state, despite the fact that she was comfortable where she was. Mm -hmm. I love the way you illustrated that because it's been helping my understanding of what they're doing thematically. Um, and, and, and just to highlight again, the way they're using overt and subtle ways of depicting sexism, one of the blatant ways that I found funny because it... it Darkly funny, I guess, because it's a terrible character. But Dennis, man, had one of the terrible lines of any of the series where he's confronting Jen. It's like, hey, how'd you do it? And mm -hmm. she doesn't want to talk about it. He's like, oh, nepotism. I knew it. Oh, is that a hot person over there? I'm going to go talk to it. Yeah, like, even the it, use of the, it. There was oh, so my God, dude. Good. Like, and, well, good in the sense of, like, fitting the character and the way 
the 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 emphasis there, you know, because like like it wasn't it, he he was able to do it the the actor in such a casual way that's him, but emphasize it in such a way that it sticks out to like we're gonna you know in case you're not getting this <laughs> yeah uh, so that that was so well done I I'm gonna put my uh, my first flag in a sandcastle here. I think we might see Dennis become a villain before the end of the season. I feel like they're setting him up for being something villainous here uh, with the the intrigue of becoming a Hulk as well. We've seen people who try to seek the power of a Hulk and it not go right for them. So I wonder if that might be something we discover by the end of the season. That's interesting. I thought that, but not with him. Oh. So... Care to elaborate or save it for spare thoughts? Spare thoughts? Stray thoughts? <laughs> spare thoughts. Uh, no, I don't mind. I don't mind bringing it up here. Like, I just, I don't, okay, go for I don't it. think it's uh, Dennis. I think it's, um, um, unless we're talking about the wrong guy, Dennis has been the guy from the beginning. Yeah, the guy that reminds me a lot of the uh, the gross dude from Die Hard, the Coke oh, user. okay, okay. Um, I was actually, Are you- in terms of like, who will end up coming out to be a villain uh i was thinking um pug he's got creepy vibes for sure you know um now and again this is not comic knowledge we might have comic knowledge people like well of course he is he's augustus pug i have no idea i have no idea i just recognized him immediately from playing a really really good villain and um one of the, one of the seasons of Arrow on the CW. Oh, okay. And he's yeah. When I saw that, I was like, oh, it's like I already know what you're really good at. You know what I mean? And so, so it makes me wonder if if that's there. But again, I don't have comic knowledge. Escapes me real quick to you know. So in other words, like, oh, it should be. I'm just going off of the actor. And and just to further emphasize, it could be a misdirect because we've already seen in Hawkeye how the actor Tony Dalton played the uh, swordsman, I believe his name. I forget what his real name is in the show. And I was full on waiting for him to be a villain because of his work in Better Call Saul. But it was a complete misdirect. So that could be the case mm-hmm. here for Pug. But that dude is off-putting. And whatever they're doing... They're masking it pretty well because he had the gift basket, which, okay, that's fine. But then he drew a map for the best bathroom for pooping, which is potentially useful with people you're used to. But if that's the first conversation that I'm having with somebody, I'm like, okay. And yet, Jen and Nikki seem very relieved whenever he gives that information for them. Well, okay. So, so, so here's the thing. Like, that's, you're either socially awkward, right? I am. And, and you do that, you know, and, and you, you give somebody a map. Oh, royal you. Uh, for the best place for pooping. Or that's the most brilliant thing ever to put in a welcome gift basket. Because, like, if you're new to an office or new to an area, you don't know which restrooms to go into. Mm-hmm. You know, and you got to, like, find them and see which ones of, like, oh, this is the restroom to go to, this one's not. You know, and... Who knows? That like might be the ideal gift. Like, I mean, think about it. You go into a new workplace, getting to know people, trying to get to know the, the workplace culture there. 
you know, do you want to have to go to all the different bathrooms to find the best place to go? Or would you rather just somebody up front tell you? Okay, I can't believe I'm going to go out like, on hey, this limb. don't go to this uh, bathroom. Go to this one. Add this to the list of things I never would have envisioned talking about with you when I said, let's do a podcast. But <laughs> I feel like it's got to be one of those things where you just have it on a folded piece of paper and let the person discover it. You don't lead with it. It's got to be silent but useful. I don't know. I think that makes it creepier. <laughs> Just like silently <laughs> slipping in a piece of paper, you know, and it happens to be. Well, you got it's already in the basket, <laughs> or maybe you mask it with other useful information, so it's not the only. It's not the only advice that you're given. Like maybe hey, this ma- is okay. The- so maybe there should be a map as well to like the best vending machine, or there you go. You know, in case of fire, exit here. So there's multiple maps. <laughs> so it's not just a poop map you know um or hey don't get coffee from here go to this spot for coffee or don't get coffee when this person makes it get it when this person makes it like th- th- there's there some go. useful things in here that as a new employee you know or a new person to the the workplace or the team i could i could see that being as useful yeah we're uh we're gonna officially change the podcast from mc you need to know to workplace you need to know <laughs> right <laughs> All right, getting us back on track. And just for the SEO, uh, it's going to be workplace hacks. You need to know. There it is. <laughs> getting us back on track. I think the only other thing that I wanted to talk about here in this beginning section of She-Hulk is very minor. I love the bit with the cold open. We see her celebrating in the bar. Uh, eventually it leads to her finding out that she's fired smash cut to the title. She Hulk attorney at law to attorney for hire. I love that little meta bit that they did in this episode. And it was, it was such a great tone to set for the remainder. Oh yeah. That was great. That's well, it, it goes again. It goes along with the whole feel in the comedy of what they're doing, you know, um, with the breaking of the fourth wall. And it, and it's interesting, the breaking of the fourth wall, I wasn't sure how they were going to do it because I was imagining Deadpool where it's like you look at the camera and you're in your, and, it, and it's the opportunity to make jokes, you know, in terms of use. But here they're filling in story and backstory that you need to know in a very good, clever, creative way. Uh, our use of that breaking of the fourth wall, you know, um, you know, it's, it's even like Ferris Bueller, you know, their breaking of the fourth wall was just that quick, like, Oh, let me tell you a little bit of something about Cameron, you know, you know, and, and those types of things. And so that's, yeah. And, and pulling that thread, even to the title. Fantastic. It makes me wonder how many more meta bits we'll get that aren't directly person talking to the camera. Yeah. Well, and I wonder, maybe the next one, maybe, maybe the next one in episode three, it'll be like She-Hulk, Super Return. Ooh, okay. I hope that's a running bit. I hope they keep that going throughout the uh, the series. Not to put too much pressure on them, but that'll be, that'd be fun. I think we can go ahead and move into the next most important topic. We've already kind of teased it a little bit. Uh, after discovering that she is fired, we do see that she is now searching for a new job. And... One of the coolest scenes in this episode is the way they depict her going through multiple interviews and eventually, and it starts off with her being well lit, very happy, very eager to be through the process. And then it continues, continues cutting through different 
interviews where her demeanor becomes slightly less enthusiastic to the point of sadness and each office gets less kempt and darkly lit. And so it was such a great way of, we don't have a lot of episode, but we want to show you how overbearing this job search has been for her. They do it in one scene. And I was, uh, I really appreciated that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm still, dist- and, I'm still distracted by the, by the workplace thing. Uh, are you, <laughs> I'm thinking like, do you, do we need to break? Do you need to go? No, no. I just, I, I still was like, oh, okay, you know, anyways, sorry. Well, look, why, what? Okay. Was that a cut or is that in the episode? No, uh, I'll leave it. Just, I'll leave it. <laughs> okay. I, I just like, I truly, like, I truly zoned out what you were saying, thinking about what were other things that'd be good in the welcome basket. <laughs> Well, while you're mapping out your gift basket, I do want to point out something that was fun. I'm sorry. And I'm very curious to see. No, you're fine. So it was fun that I'm curious to see if you picked up on because it was pointed out to me in the Discord. Whenever she's going through the job hunt and she is on the website, did you see with one of the head titles or the, uh, yeah, one of the headlines was? I saw the, it was like a mascot thing. That's not what you're talking about though. No, it was to the right of the screen. No, I didn't touch that. So there were two articles that you could click on or in the the show itself that you could have gone to. That's kind of like just advertisements. And one of them said why there is a giant statue of a man sticking out of the ocean, which is the Eternals reference. But the one above that reads man fights with metal claws in bar brawl. Ooh, I did not Cue see the theme that. song. I did not see that. Yeah. Hmm. I wonder, Black Panther. Mephisto. <laughs> <laughs> Man, we uh we took two different buses but went on the same field trip. <laughs> well, I I I knew what you were what you were thinking. Not Mephisto, but the the Wolverine thing. You know what? In let let's Wait, who? Wolverine. Okay. okay. Uh <laughs> Logan. Um okay, so hold on. Let's talk about that for a second. Mm-hmm. What makes that really interesting is, and, I'm, and this is jumping to the end of this episode, right? But the the timeline of this, right? Because because you have at the very end the the jailbreak of Emil Blonsky, you know that Wong jailbreak helped. Oh yeah yeah yeah. The Wong of all people helped the jailbreak, <laughs> you know. But like that can't that was in early part of Shang Chi. And so that does give an interesting thing of the timeline here. And if that news report is, you know, Black Panther, Mephisto, Wolverine, you had to do that since we all named him, uh, you know, something like that, man, when we see the mutants come up, what is that going to mean for the timeline? Um, or is it truly, like I jokingly said Black Panther, but is it Black Panther? And what does that mean for that timeline in the movie? Uh, so I, I just find that interesting now. Because, again, going back to that thought of, like, what we so got used to is everything sequential. And the first thing that wasn't sequential in the MCU, I think... No, this isn't right. The first thing that wasn't sequential was Captain America First Adventure. But they very quickly got him up there. The next thing that wasn't sequential was Captain Marvel. But it feels like Phase 4 now, at this point, not a lot is very sequential. And some of that could be pandemic, some of that could be creative choices... Uh, so it, so it, it does make me wonder, you know, okay, that's where this takes place. Who is that really talking about? And what does that mean within that, with that timeline? 
So just for context, and this is based off Disney Plus, they have the Marvel Cinematic Universe and Timeline Order, and it is Shang-Chi, Eternals, and it's not on there because of Sony, but Eternals, Spider-Man No Way Home, Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness, Hawkeye, Moon Knight, and then She-Hulk. So that gives a little bit more of an idea of where everything's going. And apparently Miss Marvel is the latest thing at the end of the timeline, mm-hmm. which is where we got our first hard confirmation of the mutants. Yeah. So. Yeah. So that's why I say it's like, uh, it's interesting you bring that up because I'm just curious now, where is that? Mm-hmm. Only other Easter egg uh, that I wanted to point out here at this job hunt is, did you see what Jen's phone background is? No. It's a picture of Captain America's butt. Oh, nice. Which is really funny oh, nice. fascination. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah. Well, and it makes sense. <laughs> it makes sense. Like, there's going to be, at this point, if you're not having that acknowledgement, like you kid in Hawkeye, no, you saved the city. It's on us. Um, someone, I'm going to go ahead and stereotype, someone of uh, Kamala's age, like in that high school range, kind of fan geeking out over superheroes um you know and 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 different things like that like those types of things is what's going to make it more real yeah it makes sense it just makes it feel more realized it's just very funny how obsessed jen is with captain america's butt (laughs) oh man hey if they uh, were really that close of cousins he would have introduced her a long time ago true it's almost like it was a fabricated relationship. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, quick shout out to Fashion Jimmy in the Discord for sharing that screenshot. If you want to see it for yourself, uh, join the Discord and you can see it in the She-Hulk spoiler section. Yeah. So still within this job hunt, uh, I know one of the other scenes that I really would like to zone in on is the dinner. Because, again, I'm always a sucker for going to see the extension of a character's family. Uh, the chaos of them measuring up to Jin as she's dealing with having recently lost a job. But the the heart of why I love it so much is as all the audio becomes overwhelming and you can see Jin visibly distressed, her dad is like, hey, can you help me out with something real quick? And once they finally step out of the room, he's like, I just need an excuse to help you get out of there. That I saw somebody posted on the, the, the subreddit, the Marvel subreddit. I'm so glad we're getting a trend of like non-toxic dads in the MCU because we had Yusuf in Miss Marvel and now we have the dad here in She-Hulk, mm-hmm. which uh, it was very heartwarming. Well, and that's what I liked about the intact of this show where I had to cut myself off was in my head when the dad asked, when her dad was like, hey, I need you to help me with something. That's what I was expecting to have happen. And so it was nice and refreshing to not have that. But then to still go back and have that was great. <laughs> like you mm-hmm. got to have both. It was, it was, it was. A, That's what I'm saying. Awesome. This show is a template for the intags. It's an yeah. extension of a bit from the episode while just being purely humorous, which I love because it took me a second because the first one is they're trying to change a tire and friggin' Ched's like, I keep turning it and it keeps spinning. And then the dad is like trying to teach him how to do it. And then you just, it finally dawned on me in the last bit, Jin is just casually holding the car up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Without the use of a jack. Just holding it up there, picking up the fridge so you can sweep. Now, I'll be honest, picking up the fridge so you can sweep under it is really a good skill to, to have. That would be cool. Um, but the way fridges work 
she'd have to pick it straight up. Like the whole leaning to the side, really bad for the coils, uh, things like that. <laughs> the only other call out I want is Chad. I don't know what 4K is. I work at Best Buy. <laughs> Which if anybody listening here works at Best Buy, I know you know what 4K is. But the people that I've interacted with. <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh, man. So, yeah. That the family scene was very, very wholesome. Yeah, it was. And I just like the first thing. Hey, you got fired. Uh, you know, and <laughs> said not to bring Don't it up. worry. <laughs> I told everyone so they won't bring it up. <laughs> you know, well, and that's the other thing is what I found interesting that it didn't dawn on me as they're having those conversations as a family. Right. And she's just like, uh, and they're like, uh, your hair and, and, and you, and you have all that. But then her dad reminds her is like, we've been through this before, <laughs> like with Bruce. And so that wasn't at the same time, like, I'm sure that that would have been normal talk and she's in there, maybe probably even participating. You're talking about Bruce, but this time I'm not having that conversation. Cause like, it's actually about me this time, you know? Um, and, and so that's what I, what I loved about it. Cause I didn't think of it until he said that I didn't think of it as like, or now, now that he said that and I, and I think back and, and on the second watch, it's like, no, that's just normal dinner conversation for them. That wasn't like being awkward because she's there. That was just mm-hmm. family dinner and we already have a Hulk in the family and we're just kind of used to it. <laughs> so you mean to tell me Hawkeye has to go and pick up each individual hero? Oh, so Seems like a bit of a time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it seems dangerous. That's <laughs> <laughs> well, there's two routes that I want to go with this and- to cap off, you mentioned, like, they've already talked about this. This isn't the first Hulk in the family, but it's so sweet when the dad's like, you know, we've been through this before and you didn't even destroy a city. So it's like, <laughs> that was such a sweet way for him to help her come to stasis with, like, I feel like I did the wrong thing and I'm getting punished for it and was kind of questioning, not, I I know she wouldn't have, but just kind of that open dialogue of like, maybe I should have just let them get smushed with the bench. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, you did the right thing. Mm-hmm. And all of that is a lead in from the wonderful line of Jen that says, I'm okay with not being okay. Mm -hmm. And that might be one of the first times that I think somebody's actually listening to Jen, which is another hallmark of this scene between her dad. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's well, and that's part of it, right? Like going back to this. I'm going to admit I've been intentionally dancing around it. And so I'm just going to just say it. Um, going back to this, you know, what I, what I think this show is doing such a good job of from, from my eyes and watching it is giving a glimpse of what it's like to be female or woman, whatever, in the workplace and in that world and what the expectations are, what you have your own desires, outside expectations, um, and the, and the difficulty that. I personally have never experienced, you know, and getting to see it through there. Um, and, and, and just part of that, you know, wanting someone to listen to you, you know, and feeling like you're not heard. Um, you know, and, and again, there's only so far I can go. And, and, and I admit like I, the reason why I was holding back on that, um, is cause like for me, you run into a, there's an element of running into, of I don't want to fall into a trap of like, like assuming 
that, oh, this is what it's like, or now getting to the point where, no, I'm telling you, this is what you experience in the workplace each time, because then I'm pointing it out like every time it happens in the show. So I'm trying to avoid that. Um, but, but my head just keeps circling around it. You know, so mm -hmm. I just, I'm just going to say that and get it out of my system. <laughs> it's something we've run into before. <clears throat> it's something we've run into before where it's something we're very cognizant of being two men talking about a show where it is the woman experience that is the driver of the story. I'm there with you trying to treat it respectfully as we talk about it, but our compass has always been what the show itself is bringing to the discussion. And, and I feel like you've done that so far. So yeah, it's, uh, it's uh, the ways we've illustrated, especially with Dennis, mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm going to go talk to it, uh, the way Bruce doesn't listen to her, uh, and even the ways that the outside world places these expectations on Jen. It's, it's the heart of the show so far. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I do want to follow up on what we were talking about earlier with the fourth wall breaks, uh, specifically after Jen has gotten the job. After she's speaking with the new boss, Holloway, and it's this long take where he's describing that they only wanted her for the She-Hulk form, and we hear Jen's internal monologue and talking about how, like, I bet nobody else had to do this. What are they going to think that I was only hired for because of this, this superpower? And you get that cutaway of a bunch of men laughing in a room and her saying, I bet they didn't have to do this. That's a good follow-up from what we were just talking about, the way this show is depicting sexism and, and Jen's wrestling w with what that means in the workplace but on the show's meta level something that i found fascinating is we've seen i believe two distinct ways that those fourth wall breaks have been illustrated uh three if you count the the title sequence the first time we see the fourth wall break it is when she comes back into her office and says oh you know i bet you're gonna need to get caught up to speed before we do this she's very careful to come back into the room away from everybody else and almost kind of whisper it mm -hmm. the next time is with hulk where she blurts out something out loud and hulk almost potentially hears it but they kind of do almost that the groot drax thing where they pretend like nobody noticed each other and then again you have her speaking directly to the camera but nobody in that room hears her because Holloway turns back to her and asks her what she thinks. So this could be curtains are just blue, but I do also wonder if there is some sort of significance to the way that the fourth wall breaks are being depicted. Because I can see a read of like, oh, again, it's just the creative use of whatever is pertinent to the scene. Or is there something to read that Bruce potentially can hear the fourth wall breaks? Mm -hmm. That's interesting. So does Bruce potentially hear the fourth wall breaks? Because it, just with the the because he even says in episode one we're kind of the same molecular makeup just with the differences and so I wonder if there's a part of Hulk that could have been like that but just not fully. Mm -hmm. Well, and it's clearly a part of Jin's Hulk powers, you know, because because like we said, you started episode one tight pull out push out fourth wall break flashback. And the first time she first fourth wall breaks, Bruce hears her say it, not aware of who she's talking to. And you have the look on the face that's... Did you say something? Yeah. I... <sighs> okay. That's interesting. Just like Bruce... I'm just planting a flag. It could be nothing. This could be WandaVision days all over again, but that still lives within me. So I wanted to point it out for sure. Okay. 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 You know, I'm just wondering, <laughs> cause like, cause like the only, I mean, cause 
because because that's one of the things, right? Like how ha- Deadpool fourth wall break, and what's that going to be like, and what's that going to look like, and here they're getting to experiment with that, um, and it adds something to the show. But because of the because of the world that the MCU has created, that interconnectedness, it it clearly has something. And coming out in a show called in the, the multi saga part of the MCU or multiverse saga part of the in part of the MCU, it feels like there's something more to it. Mm-hmm. Well, while we're talking about the menace, I did want to point out the one that uh, was really funny, where eventually Jin does call Hulk to confirm whether or not it's okay to take the case, and he's like, "Oh no, come on, I'm a different person." Literally, and Jin looks at the camera and is like, ha. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, poor Norton. You know, uh, that's so funny. Uh, I think I read something where Tim Roth joked with um, Banner Ruffalo about that. Um, you know, like when the first time they saw each other on set, of like, uh-huh. you look different. Um, beyond just the, <laughs> the, the, the scene. Um Okay, anyways, get my mind back on track. Uh, talking about Emil Blonsky, uh, I like what they did with that with, with him right there. I like... So why don't we go ahead and move go ahead. into that final topic, the Blonsky in the room. Uh, this one is Jen taking the case, representing Blonsky, uh, and his ensuing scene. So, sorry, cut you off. What were you uh, continuing? No, I just, I liked it. Because there, there was, in the, from the trailer, and everything... They showed, they even dropped the little culture, pop culture reference tidbit of like Jin's like the whole Chianti and Fava beans, Silence of the Lambs reference. And the guard was just like, dude, this is a prison. What are you, you know, um, and set up this thing. And then, you know, to have him be sympathetic and give his side, you know, of like, now if you go back and watch Incredible Hulk, there's, there's a little bending the truth there but just to play it that way of like no the government did this to me and, and, and they're very sympathetic um, i thought i was gonna be captain bloody america yeah you know and <laughs> and stuff but in some ways it's like he's not wrong they brought him in there for that right but he wanted to become abomination because of like his competitive drive of being the best i seem to remember a lot of voluntary more yeah yeah um and so but but I did like the the way they did that, and it was like, okay, here's uh, this, and and so I'm wondering also what they're gonna do with Wong and that prison break, um, in terms of like, is Emil Blonsky faking it? Is are they gonna go ahead and say yes, he really has a, had a change of heart? Um, it's just not clear yet. I'm so glad that you opened up with that because I'm not done with blue curtains. And now that we've illustrated the discrepancies in the truth versus Emil's story here, you're right. It is very sympathetic when you when you tell it from his perspective. There is this feeling of like, oh yeah, you did get used. You end up the in this prison despite the fact that you were just following orders. And why is it that Bruce, who is at times the rampaging monster, heralded as this hero, even though he's definitely dealt with his public reception after the events of age of Ultron. Mm -hmm. However, it is interesting to me whether or not I believe Emil Blonsky, whenever Holloway pitches the case to Jen, 
she immediately is like, oh, I'm sorry, I, I can't do this. This is a conflict of interest. He tried to kill my cousin, which is played for a humorous bit because he's immediately like, oh, don't worry about it. It's fine. But the fact that not only is Holloway immediately pitching this case to her, but also has the waiver claim, the, the dismissal of the waiver claim signed from Blonsky mm-hmm. makes me feel like this is a lot more meditated than it seems at front. So it could be Blonsky's being coached to be this way because somebody really wants him out of that prison. The one hangup being, I can't imagine Wong falling for that if it is nefarious purposes happening mm-hmm. here. Well, okay, so there's Val. Yes. We know Thunderbolts have been announced. So that could... The Julia Lewis-Dreyfus Yeah, so that could be the coaching. But I, I, I'm with you on the Wong part. How could Wong get suckered into that? Yeah. <sighs> and seven soulmates is an oddly specific number. How many Thunderbolts are there? Easily, we could say seven, depending on what iteration of a team, you know, they want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, see, and that's interesting, because I took that more to be, like because it was seven soulmates and because they built it, it felt more along the lines of the hints or indications that he's not really reformed mm. and like, cause he's still just using those people right as a means, but he wrote them haikus. Oh yeah. Haikus fix everything. <laughs> I really, I've been working, I like, I've been working on this haiku for a while now so I can like go in and ask for a raise and, it's just gonna be oh, just right. Uh, go ahead, go for it. It's, it'd be just, it like? just right. Um, it's it's not ready to be unveiled. Um, oh, okay. So yeah. Okay. Okay. But no, haikus fix everything. I want to somehow by the end of this season we both have to like our homework. We both have to come back with a haiku. <laughs> <laughs> the never list, the never ending list of merch that we think we should get. They're not gonna get a mug. Haikus fix everything. <laughs> Haikus keep us from bikus. <laughs> it fixes everything. What? Bikus having to say goodbye. The more I explain this joke, the funnier it gets. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> oh, I'll work on it. Okay. <laughs> so how do we get back? Uh, how do we get back? Emil Blonsky... Um, I like that she had to change back into her gin, right? To have that conversation. Um, because it is this element of re to me, visually reinforcing the, the use of that side of that identity of like, no, here, you got to be this. But when you go talk to your client, because of the security measure, like she, she has to go back to, to normal, you know? Um, and when, not only are they going back to normal, it is a, do, do I, again, this is, is this the curtains of blue or thing or not? But it is a male authority figure telling Jen that, that you're about to go in a very dangerous situation. And oh, by the way, you can't be in the form. You're not allowed to be in the form where, where you would actually be more protected. You, mm-hmm. you can only go in there in your most physically vulnerable in terms of like, Think of Hulk strength and Jen strength, like physically vulnerable state, um, and not getting a choice in that. Um, and so I, I think that's interesting that that they did that because it shows a couple of different things of like even with the ability to Hulk out, 
you, there still doesn't give you a certain number amount of power, you know, in certain situations. Um, and it, like I said, it reinforces just the use of this person for this job, you know, in a, in a PR way. Uh, and clearly that extra scene where they had in there where it shows that like, he is not very, you know, he doesn't really care about his employees because he's just kind of that, oh, just let this guy go and now send this guy to Minneapolis. And in such of that, you know, Halloween. yeah, it's such a short dialogue, but it's done in such a way to really, you know, show that he just doesn't care about the people that work for him. Which makes that interaction after he asks Jen what she thinks after hearing her thoughts as the audience. And she goes, agnostic. Mm -hmm. And he's like, oh, that's a first. Mm -hmm. And then he like giggles to himself. He's you. I don't think he's used to people being that similarly passive about the people around him. So I was, I'm glad you called that out because I didn't, I didn't connect those dots till just now. Yeah. Well, and and Uh, that was definitely not the answer he was expecting and mm. wanting and well, she's certainly going to be thinking about it for weeks yes. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing because i like your read about the illustrating again the the sexism themes of being forced to go into a more vulnerable state uh, i think another potential read and the one that i went with is we already know jen's want she wants to be a lawyer she wants to help the world that way the superhero side of it is of zero fascination to her. And so the fact that we are going to her first case with her as she's getting the the initial details and she is in gen form, that speaks to the duality of the two sides of her characters that we're dealing with so far, who she wants to be and who she's now struggling with. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that it is in the gin state because I think by the end of the show, it just kind of projecting here, story circle and whatnot, we'll get to a point where she is either more confident being the lawyer as She-Hulk in the Hulk form, not feeling the need to be one way or the other, but just whatever's most comfortable for her. Or it will be more of her choice going back to what your read was of like somebody telling her she's got to be that way. Mm-hmm. Like whoever she wants to be, it's her choice to be in whatever form for her lawyering. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's interesting because you mentioned, I'm going to say this because I, I, because when t- I'm going to say it this way too, when coworker TJ, uh, <laughs> when friend TJ, uh, that's who our haikus for. <laughs> yeah. When, when friend TJ hears this, uh, he'll probably get a little chuckle. Um, so I'm going to say coworker Tiffany, <laughs> who, who recently <laughs> listened um, to our Dr. Strange and, you know, from mm-hmm. retrospective, uh, you know, the 2016 Doctor Strange. And she was asking me about, you know, some of the stuff that you've read and, and things, but because you really like the whole, what you talked about in the story circle and the separation of, um, head and heart in a character of like what the heart wants versus the head wants and, and kind of reconciling that. Uh, and, and I don't remember if you, you know if you remember specifically saying that in uh, that episode, but I know you're mm-hmm. familiar with the concept because um, you said it. But in this, I, my mind from what you were just saying went back to that of like, okay, what is what is it that Jin wants this head and desire, uh, head versus heart? And what the head wants versus what the heart needs. Okay, there you go. And and seeing that played out between the two, I don't even see our alter egos. 
because like Hulk, there's clearly yeah, it's hard, you know, and so and so, but seeing that played out visually between this, um, I definitely want to go back and 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 see these again with that in mind, and see how they're playing with that in her story, and 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 how she's wrestling with that. You know, because because I feel like they, she knows, right? Because she keeps going back to that lawyer thing, and I don't want this and 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 there. But then we're we get those scenes of where she gets the job, where it's like she's getting things, but just not in the way she'd want them. Yeah. So that's the whole middle of the story circle, right? You get what you want, but it turns out not to be what you thought it'd be. I mean, she gets to be a lawyer again. Oh, but now you got to go defend this person who tried to kill your cousin. Oh, I'm gonna take this case. But now you're dealing with the fact that he wasn't being 100% truthful. Yeah. Well, and so it's just little, the, these, yeah, these little mini, mini circles within the circle. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, it's going to be really short season. No kidding. I do want to say, as a quick aside, because you talked about coworker Tiffany asking about, hey, w- what books did you read? Mm-hmm. The moment you texted me that, my heart dropped because I talked about the information on the podcast, but then I was like, Oh, I haven't said the titles of these out loud in a long time because it was Film Crit Hulk 101, who is this persona online who reviews a lot of movies under the guise of Hulk. And so at the time, he since dropped this, but at the time he used to do the Hulk speaks like this and Hulk thinks that. And so I was like, oh, no, this is not educational at all. But luckily, uh, there. They, well, funny enough, you can't get the book anymore. But there was like a quote unquote Bruce Banner version of it, where he removed all the Hulk blah 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 things. Hulk talked like this, yeah. and so it was a lot more of a straighter read. Uh, but I having to actually type out to you the list of the book was <laughs> wild. <laughs> so sorry, coworker Tiffany. <laughs> oh man, uh, it feels like we're coming to the end of the episode. But there's one thing to highlight. And I put it here in this section because this is when Jin calls Hulk to (laughs) ask, but not really ask for permission to take on the case. We get the reveal. Hulk is space bound again. Yes. And I so desperately hope it is a running bit throughout the entirety of the season where we get just slow drips of what is actually happening. And Hulk only gets like one scene per episode. (laughs) (laughs) What? You know, but that, but that's again. That's what I was saying with the other the other about episode one and the last episode. Whoa, okay, get that all straight. That's what I was saying about previously on Hulk episode one and our episode one podcast of this, um, where they did a really good job of like kind of filling in this story that we missed on Hulk and Banner, but also giving us where the future lies is like a little in tag within the you know within the episode mm-hmm. um and so so i like that that it was like okay and just in case you didn't recognize it it wasn't wakandan it was sakarian and you know and and head off into space i wonder why sakar wants hulk back because from what i interpreted of the end of ragnarok is that Grandmaster died. So who wants Hulk back on Sakaar? Because it's not like Valkyrie's there either. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Collector's not alive. Do we know the status of the Collector? I... Benicio Del Toro's character? I assume Collector's gone. Because all we saw was Thanos kill the reality-projected version of the Collector. 
Right. I guess I assumed that because nowhere was destroyed, the collector was gone. Okay. A hanging thread at best. Yeah. Well, thing is, we're going to find out at some point. One scene at a time. Yeah. <laughs> so I will say, I, I know I said last thing, but I, we kind of breeze through it. I do want to say one quick thing about uh, seeing Tim Roth again as Emil Blonsky. I do love how much more aloof he feels than he did in The Incredible Hulk. Again, some of it could be by design because they want us to really question whether or not we can trust him on being a changed person. But there's a comedic side to him that I enjoyed. It was uh, it's a nice spin on a character we haven't seen in, what, 10, 12 years. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, and I like Tim Roth just as an actor in general. And so having him back um, and clearly I will say clearly it's, I'm assuming we're going to, going to be more episodes. Um, so yeah, so that's, Hmm. As I say that I'm starting to like, try to guess the story and I'm going to shove that out of my mind for a second. Um, you know, but it is, it's good to see that. Cause like, he, you know, I don't think that like you can do an obvious thing, which is like, he becomes the villain, but you don't want to recycle that. Like he gets out. Um, I don't think they're going to recycle that. So yeah, so it's it's curious of what you know what the overarching villain's going to be. And the only reason why I say that is in these Disney Plus shows, while you've had people that were overarching villains, right? They've still dealt with I want to say themes or abstract concepts as the villain and while they might have given us someone physical to fight against the disney plus shows seem to be just the villain is more abstract grief and wandavision you you know and so that's why i'm just i'm curious as to what what's going to actually be laid out what thread are they going to pull through Mm -hmm. yeah it's definitely an interesting setup for sure well unless you have any more i think we can go ahead and move into our final thoughts no, let's uh, let's do that. So this is going to be a section for us to make a prediction, uh, highlight things to consider going into next week's episode, or share our stray thoughts. So Jude, which of these is your final thought? We see Wong next episode. Okay. Um, you know, because it just feels like the next logical step of like, okay, I'm going to start investigating and, you know... Um, what this is as, as her job. So I feel like that's the next logical step. We definitely see Wong again. Um, I think that we're also gonna, we haven't seen this yet, but as a lawyer, as the face of this division, we're going to see her have to deal with the public. You know, imagine like when lawyers have to make a statement on behalf of their client, you know, to the press or something when it's, when it's a big, um, profile case or something i think i think that's like another hurdle or something she's gonna have to deal with and get back into expectations versus what she wants to do um and and those types of things i think i think we're gonna see those two things kind of play out i like that i uh when you say dealing with the public and by nature of being a superhero show it makes me think of that being a crucial part of the Daredevil character, of him always having to deal with the way the public sees Daredevil versus the way he wants to be as a 
defender of the law. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be very interesting that there is no dichotomy on Jin because everybody knows that she is this superpowered person as well as someone trying to defend the law. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be a fun dynamic for sure. Yeah. Which sets me up for my final thought. And it is going to be something to consider, maybe not next week's episode, but knowing it's coming because of the trailers, Daredevil is going to appear in this show and his Ronald McDonald suit and all. The <laughs> thing that I am highlighting to consider is based on the way that Emil Blonsky was updated, I guess is a way to say, for this humorous tone. I feel like that's something we should consider with Daredevil when he makes his appearance to be a lot more humorous than the darker brooding tone we saw in the Netflix show. Yes, I do. I do completely agree with you on that. Um, Man, that's interesting. I disagree with you on the Daredevil. You love the Ronald McDonald suit? (laughs) No. Um, (laughs) No. And in terms of like, like I'm, I'm looking and thinking there's nine episodes, you know, does Daredevil actually show up in this next episode? Well, I said maybe not this oh, episode, okay. but knowing he's okay. coming. So that's, yeah, yeah. that's what I was, I was wondering. Um, okay. Okay. Uh, I do agree with you that we're going to see a lighter side to Matt. Um, um, so it, it felt like Emil Blonsky was our first like litmus yeah. test of how this show is going to handle characters from other entries being represented in this yeah. one. Oh, and, and I'll actually say, and let me, let me add to that. I think Charlie Cox can pull it off. Like, I, oh, yeah. I think he's good enough that like, we're going to look at it and still be like, Oh, that's daredevil. That's Matt Murdock. But be able to make those adjustments of sliding right into a show like this. Yeah. It's going to be exciting. Yeah. It's, it's the whole reason we started a podcast is, is, is coming. Jude, hashtag Jude was right. <laughs> Well, that is going to do it for this episode. As a quick aside, uh, I do want to say thank you for those listening. We're playing a bit of catch-up after missing this previous Monday. Uh, We got both episodes out of She-Hulk for this coming Monday. So after the 29th, we will be back to our regular schedule where our discussions and recaps will be available moving forward. Mm -hmm. So thank you for listening and uh, indulging these quick wrap-ups. Yes, absolutely. And of course, if you want to follow at MC, you need to know both on Twitter and Instagram. Those are places that we are located. But the best place is to join our Discord, where there is a link in the show notes. Uh, We have episode discussions. We have general movie and TV discussions and other ways for people to share in their pop culture interest, as well as things like game nights, where once a month we get together to play either Mario Kart, uh, Jackbox, uh, and expanding what it is we get together to play. And finally... The rewatch alongs on Mondays that our episode drops, we're going to be streaming the previous episode of She-Hulk to get ready for the new one coming on that following Thursday. So if you want to watch along with us, make sure you join our discord. Uh, Look at the left hand side of the server and scroll to the top. You will see something labeled events and that will have all the relevant info for whether it's game night, movie night or rewatch alongs and have an option for you to click to be notified when we start. So, We'd love to meet you, join the Discord, and come hang out with yeah, us. Yeah, and of course, invite a friend. Don't have to come by yourself. Bring a wing person. Um, and well, I was going to say wingman, but then it felt awkward. So bring a... Bring a wing! <laughs> so I said bring a wing person. Um, <laughs> Maybe you're just really excited for Halloween. <laughs> bring a wing. <laughs> <laughs> come hang out with us. 
bring people with you that you know so we can add to the conversation uh and of course rating and reviews super helpful uh the five stars is the most helpful on spotify apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts yeah and of course we'd like to thank nick sandy for the use of our queen song which you can find more of his work on the soundcloud which is linked in the show notes as well that's gonna do it thank you so much for listening and jude thank you so much for doing this yeah trey i mean thanks trey (laughs) (laughs) we'll see you all next week that's an episode nice recording cool did we stick it up on this one or are we Mm. more on cue this time so we're just gonna let it go once again not to go back to this well this is your edit Okay, no, we're good. We're sunk. <laughs> oh, wow. I like the confidence. Although there could be the double meaning of we're past tense synced <laughs> or we're sinking as a ship. <laughs> Find out in the end tag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I, it almost needs to be like, Find out in the end tag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no, I'm I'm confident. Um, okay, I, well, I think we're good. Okay, well, let's go for it. Well, uh, this is usually the second where we goof around for a bit before we actually do the episode, so it feels <laughs> weird. Uh, well, especially because we back- done we've done that. We've been goofing around. For- <laughs> I think we just have to like make peace with. There's no more meta episode. We are just constantly in a meta state. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's the meta year. <laughs> Ha, ha, ha.